When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope everyone's having a great week. We are so excited again to be part of the Voice America Business Channel since being here since April after moving over from the Affluence Channel since we started that back almost seven years ago. It's so hard to believe. We want to thank all of you listeners joining us here each and every week here every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. East Coast time, 12 to 1 Pacific Standard Time. And again, if you are new to the show, we welcome you here where you can listen to all of our great subject matter experts sharing their words of wisdom and insights to help move you and your per- in your business to the next level. You could also follow us at Sustainable Success, which can be found at Sustainable Success 2017 on Facebook and also on Apple Podcast as well. Feel free to follow us there. And again, you can f- tap into any of the great content we've had over the years, sharing their words of wisdom to help move you and your business to the next level. Today's show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to rekindle old relationships and perhaps meet new people for the first time. It takes all the noise out of social media, and it is a membership program. Feel free to check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about lifelong learning is the key to sustainable success. And we we all know here it's all about progress over perfection, and it's all about how we learn to grow, to move forward. And we are privileged to have S.J. Barracone Barracone with us here today and give a little bit of background about him before we formally introduce him. He is best described himself as an education Sherpa, super connector, futurist, the intersection of futures of education, ex work, thought leader, and he also has a podcast, also being a, pod, a, a guest on numerous podcasts, and he blogs in this particular area. So we we are so looking forward to hearing him today, sharing his insights to help move you to the next level. And without further ado, we welcome S.J. Barracone to the show. S.J., how you doing today? I am doing marvelous. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to be here with you. So yeah, I'm, we're looking forward to talking about lifelong learning. And uh, you know, as a Sherpa, you you educate people a lot. You connect with a lot of people. Let's talk a little bit about the importance of learning, but not just learning in itself, but how we actually apply that learning to really move ahead that we can achieve sustainable success and whatever that means to others. Absolutely. I think the first key here is to understand that learning in and of itself is an ongoing process and it does not necessitate having a piece of paper known as a credential to confirm what you've learned. Learning builds upon itself, it compounds, and it can be absorbed in chunks, which may be small, minute chunks. It might be a little bit larger, but it's not requiring, like it did in the industrial age, it does not require a piece of paper 
unless you choose to pursue that. And then that is a decision you make. And there's that's perfectly fine, especially if you're in a certain type of profession. Mm, wow. I love that. And, and when, when you talk about like, you know, lifelong learning, you know, like a lot of times we live in this world, especially like with young kids, they go to cut, they go to school. And, you know, a lot of times I know even my son, they, they just study enough just to probably pass the test and, and, you know, the quiz. And then, you know, if you were to ask him like a day or two later, like all about all this information, it's like, what, what is that? You know, <laughs> it's out of sight, out of mind. And I, and I think in our society, we, 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 you know, we don't see enough people applying this knowledge and, and, and that there is a, a process, even though we may not always like to learn about everything, but yet it helps us to train our minds to process information and then actually utilize it to do great things. Can you talk about the importance of that from your, your perspective and your point of view? Absolutely. I think there is a time and a place for what I guess you could call Christopher more of a intake and then immediate outtake. I'm not saying there is no role for that, but if that is your default modality, which it has tended to be over the last 50, 7,500 years, that is where things will not work for the vast majority of people. Because look at the people that pursue education as a client or a customer, just like any other industry. They will all have different biorhythms when they're the most the, they're the most impactful. Some are night owls, some are early birds, some are asynchronous. They will have different commitments in their life that they have to work around. They will have different skills, different gifts, different interests. And just using a test or a quiz or some kind of framing like that as the only way to assess someone's competency, it's just simply not sustainable and it'll often lead to someone surviving mm. in a classroom or surviving in a workplace, but not striving and not actually being successful beyond the five-hour energy version of <laughs> picking something up. See what I mean? Yes. Um, getting a sugar rush and as someone who likes sweets is great. But the question is, is does it have a long tail? Does it have staying power? And if it doesn't, then it's almost, I don't want to say all for naught, but there is not enough inherent value that will allow you to say, okay, so I learned X. Now I can learn X plus one, X plus two, three, four, and beyond. You're not compounding and building upon it. It's sort of like filling a bucket that has holes in it. The stuff is leaking out that you've already learned, and then you're basically either having to put it right back in, especially if you follow the archaic model of taking summers off, you're having to put it right back in. So the world has radically changed over the last 50 to 100 years. 
yet our default modalities for education are paint, are stubbornly stuck in the past. And that is not doing workplaces any good. It's not doing the client's customers any good. And it's got to change and it's got to change yesterday. Yeah, so, so true. And what, what do you think, what do you think, SJ? I mean, where, where, where we are today, like, you know, like, you know, like a lot of people are so, how could I say it? They're, we're so overstimulated by information and, and it's information overload. And, and, you know, now we got AI and, and, you know, chat GBT and all these different things. Is are these things going to help us or are they going to, you know, really now, again, further expedite just our lack of, of applying knowledge? Because like we're, our attention span to it is it's getting narrow and narrow, at least from my perspective. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I see it. I see this as a two part question. Yeah. So on the first part of it, this is something I learned from my first mentor, Terry, over a decade ago. Is information is the base level, sort of like if you were making a five course meal or something. So information starts things, but then the question is, is of the information, how much can be considered knowledge? How much can be considered wisdom? And what can you then pay forward to other people through replication, duplication, and systems? And there's a lot of lacking of this soft skill in this process, and this is a very important soft skill, discernment. You need to be able to take information and discern its relative value. And that's not always the easiest thing because this is something that's not taught in the vast majority of classrooms from my understanding. Now, obviously I'm not omnipotent, I'm not omnipresent, I cannot be in every classroom. But it just seems to me that it's lacking. Mm. And how can you tell it's lacking is you can look at graduates coming out of classrooms. Do they have that discerning muscle, which is a developed skill? It can be, it's malleable, or do they not have it? So that's the first part of the question as I interpreted it. Second, role of an of ai and other such future trends since i am a futurist i'll offer a little bit of thought here this is still very much the wild wild west if you will we are nowhere close at least from what i can discern to the crossing the chasm on that law of progressive acceptance some call it a bell curve whatever you call it where you have the visionaries to the early adopters to the early majority, I think we've all seen that diagram before. I don't think we're to the crossing the chasm yet on this. I still think we're in that early adopt phase. The people that jumped on chat GPT a year ago or so, and then now all of these alternatives have popped up. Elon Musk is working on Grok, I think is how you pronounce it. Yeah. So that's gonna that's gonna be another entry into the market. So we are still introducing models, and we're still discerning the role of privacy, the role of where is the information coming from. 
I mean, we literally had two strikes by actors and writers over this entire thing. That, that's true. Like that's going on in Hollywood right now. You're right. Exactly. And a lot of those people, not all, but a lot of them you can call entrepreneurial because they are pursuing something that they have some agency and autonomy over. And they were concerned that they're, the work that they monetize out of their head, their imagination, their creativity, their ingenuity was not being respected by AI mm. and it's and other such trends. So what role will that come in terms of lifelong learning? I, I still think the script is yet to be written, pun intended, but I think we are starting to pin some early pages of it and it wouldn't surprise me to see other strikes or other pushback because we have to find the median between what will these things do to remove a lot of the mundane manual stuff, just like the industrial age did it for agriculture. Yeah. What will happen now in the world of the gig, the world of the creator economy, the, the world of the independent workforce? That is still coming, but I think we are tracking the right way. But there's that magic word again, discernment. And that is why I think lifelong learning, if it wasn't important before, and I truly think it was. More than ever it's now. definitely going to be more than ever now. <laughs> so true. So what do you feel like, I mean, again, we could talk about so many different areas about this. I mean, so I guess keeping it like, you know, what wh what do you feel is, you know, a way we could start getting back on track to really become these lifelong learners and apply this on a, you know, not that we're going to learn all this stuff overnight and it's a process and not everyone's going to learn it at the same, same time frame. but if we can, ways that we can now get people to start, you know, applying what they're learning and how they can now adapt to this ever-changing world that we're that we're facing moving forward. A lot of possibility. The first that comes to my mind is the entire process of staffing up an organization needs to be looked at from the inside out. When you are growing an enterprise, when you're growing an organization, and I'll this is industry agnostic. This is at also, I can include academic institutions, academe. I can include governmental. I can include nonprofit, other public service entities. So basically almost the whole Megilla of opportunities for people to earn a living. So this is a broad brushstroke here. Yeah. So when we look from the inside out, I'm not talking about reform here, Christopher. I'm talking about true transformation, ground up, bottom up, and we need to see this happen sooner rather than later. And, and what does that mean practically? If you are hiring someone, you need to look at them holistically, not through a piece of paper or multiple pieces of paper, whether it's a credential whether it's a resume, whether it's a cover letter. Those three things have their role in the future, but it's going to need to be less important. They need to be part of a kaleidoscope, part of a buffet, rather than being 
the gatekeeper. So that's the first thing, is how do we bring lifelong learning to the forefront? We need to stop gatekeeping based on credentials and based on pieces of paper, which some people have referred to as proof of paper hiring or proof of paper. um, You know, there's different ways of saying it, but POP, proof of paper, is the overall arching thing that needs to start to fade away. I'm not saying it's going to go away forever, but it needs to fade away. We need to focus more on a proof of work concept and implement. So proof of work says, let me know competency-wise, what are your competencies? What are your skills? What are your latent gifts? Bring them to the table. You can do video pitches. You can do little brief projects, which you can be assessed on. You can use more of a testimonial review rather than a piece of paper. So the old days, you would get a resume cover letter with recommendations. You're taking that to a different level and you're saying testimonials and reviews, just like we do for restaurants and we do for movies and such, can now be perhaps used in a hiring context. Video pitching, little mini projects. There's going to be a role, as it has in the past, for personality assessments and social styles. That's not a new thing, but it needs to be part of the toolkit. I, I that like that you bring, say that because they're, they're out there, but we haven't been utilizing them we more proactively up front like we have on the back end. Exactly. I'm not sitting here saying that any of these things are the silver bullet. Yeah. It's a part of a toolkit. It's a part of an arrow in the quiver, right? You're going to pull a certain arrow out. That is how we bring lifelong learning into a B2B or into a workplace context. And then at our homes, we have, as parents and grandparents, we have to not judge our next generation strictly by paper anymore, because it's very easy when you went through that modality to then project it onto the next generation. But that would be like me saying that I watch VHS tapes, therefore you must watch VHS tapes. Okay. So again, it's going to take on a B2C, on a household level, as well as on a workplace level, it's going to take some transformation from the inside out, from the ground up, but it is very possible and it doesn't have to be 100% of the populace. All it needs is people to advance the ball forward. Wow, that's powerful stuff. And I... So, so true. And I know uh, you, you can expand on it. I know we have about three minutes to our first break. Anything else that you want to elaborate from where we just talked about what you just shared that can kind of really sum it up? And then when we come back, I know I want to ask you a couple of the questions in this area uh, as, as we take this lifelong learning to the next level. Anything else that you could share or sum up what you shared in this first segment and to those those last points? Absolutely. If you are in a position in the audience, listening to this, watching it, absorbing it at some point, and you are in a position to hire other people or to promote other people or in a down situation having to lay people off, 
the first thing that you can do is very simple. Look at people not as human beings, but look at them as human becomings. What are they doing to become a better version of themselves? As you did at the introduction of this today, Christopher, no one is seeking or should seek perfection, but it's progress. Sustained success is moving things forward. Okay. So the first thing you can do is you can focus on, if you are in a position like that, you need to change your mentality. And if you have a problem with that because of your own biases or your own experience is so strong that you can't transcend it, this is where you might need to outsource and hire someone to help you make this transition. So that's the first thing. Second thing is we need to become more friendly to all the many ways that we can be educated in our modern world. Just because someone doesn't have a piece of paper from a university or college does not mean that they should not be in your talent pool. End of story period with some very limited exceptions like engineering, Western medicine, et cetera. And then the third and last thing before I know we have to hit a break is look at things and be the example. So if you are the owner, founder, CEO, you should be getting better yourself. Don't expect people that work for you to do things first. You should lead by example and be immersed in lifelong learning on your own. Wow. Powerful stuff here, SJ. I know this was some great stuff. We highly encourage everyone. We hope that you are taking notes uh, during this show, and we highly encourage you to go back and listen to this show in its entirety here later today here at the Voice America Business Channel. There is a lot of golden nuggets SJ has laid down here. And this is such an important area. This is the difference in how you can move yourself personally forward, your business, regardless of size. And, and, and nonetheless, as we and we go, as we move forward in this world that we live in, this is going to be your responsibility. It's not somebody else's, but the responsibility of you to move this forward. We got to go to break. When we come right back, we got more. Lifelong learning is the key to sustainable success. And we'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. 
Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success. Welcome back to Sustainable Success. If you're just joining us, we're talking about lifelong learning is the key to sustainable success. We're here with S.J. Barraconi. And again, if you're just joining us, we highly encourage you to listen to this show in its entirety here later today at the Voice America Business Channel. There is a lot of golden nuggets that were shared here in and around this topic and where lifelong learning, why it's important, where it's going and what you can do to be within your control to be a part of that change, to move yourself and be the example for others to do the same moving forward. So, SJ, I know you shared some really valuable information to set the foundation of everything that you were talking about this topic. Can you talk about the difference between, you know, education in itself and credentialing and all that? What is that difference and what where should we be focusing on right now as we move forward? I can. Absolutely. Thank you for the question. First of all, let's start with stating it, what I would consider to be the challenge or the problem, and then the response or the answer. It's one of my favorite models that I've been following since I was mentored years ago. Challenge, response, problem, answer. Here's the challenge or the problem. Too many people are treating credentialism and education as a synonym, that it's automatically the same thing. That is not the case. Now, here's the answer or the response. The answer or the response is that credentialism has its place in the future, but more importantly, education, or what I would classify as self-directed education, which is where lifelong learning lives, is going to be far more impactful for sustained success. Because I would say credentialism is a little bit more like that aforementioned sugar rush, that five-hour energy spike, okay? Again, with the exceptions being in certain industries and professions, which I totally acknowledge and I totally understand. So, Here is where 
we as parents, grandparents, or even better yet, let's look at this through the lens of family business. You want your second, third, fifth, ninth generation to be in the family business. You need to look at lifelong learning, self-directed education as the primary determinant. And what does that mean is most universities and colleges with some noted exceptions are using what is called H-I-R-E, higher ed, as their modality versus H-I-G-H-E-R ed. Higher and higher are not synonyms. They are rather different. So in other words, these classrooms that have been sold to people as lifelong learning or as an opportunity to become more integrated in the economy, what they are actually doing is they are serving as a degree signal rather than an ongoing um, as an ongoing flywheel. Yeah. Okay. And that is where credentialism and education are very, very different. Lifelong learning is where it's at. But if you go into the vast majority of classrooms, they are giving you a degree signal that supposedly is like a bat signal for when Gotham needed batting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so in other words, it's like this person, Christopher, is employable. What does that mean? Especially in a fast-moving world where all of these future trends, and AI is just but one of them that I'm aware of and tracking, are changing day-to-day, week-to-week, okay? So this bat signal literally almost has the lifespan of a firefly or something. It doesn't last. And the, and the bureaucracy, the red tape of these centralized institutions, these hierarchical pyramidal structures, cannot often keep up with the speed of the global interconnected economy, which includes the gig economy, includes the creator economy, the independent workforce, as well as conventional employment. So that is where I'll hang my hat as an education sherpa. Wow, powerful. So let's talk a little bit about, again, you know, some of the the future trends, if you can kind of go into some of the trends, what you're seeing you kind of touched on it, but like some of the things where they where they are, where they're going, and how we can better overcome some of these challenges that we've faced, and why some of these current modalities have to you know have to be adjusted, revamped, or changed. I know that was a, a three questions in one, but you can you can pick it you know which one you want to address first. <laughs> Absolutely, and if I happen to miss something, please feel free to. Oh, I definitely that will. Yes. Um, I like questions like this that have that are sort of like rose petals. They unfold in front of you. Um, so the first way I look at this is this. There are a lot of trends. Now, some of them are sucking up more oxygen in our discourse and our debate and dialogue than others. We've already hit AI already, and AI is being hit so much. It's almost like the proverbial horse. You know, we've all heard that. That, you know, we already had that visual in the past, right? Beaten like a dead horse, right? So how about we hit a few others that are maybe not getting as much oxygen? 
So the first that I would say is the general hiring practices would a gig creator economy, freelancers, project-based people, gig workers, that's a big trend. So how do you assess these people's competencies to fill the positions that you have in your organization? It all comes down to competency-based education. It comes down to bite-sized chunks. It comes down to lifelong learning. Are they a human becoming? Are they listening to podcasts regularly? Are they attending webinars? Are they reading books in some way, shape, or form? Audio, eBooks, classic, cracking it open. So that's the first thing is the general hiring practices, which I referenced earlier before the break, and I wanted to bring that back, okay? Another trend is as entire industries are changing, let's think about one like transportation. Would autonomous vehicles and would drones, lots of things are going to change there. A lot of people that are very used to having a conventional opportunity to earn an income are going to see that change, just like the horse and buggy drivers had to contend with the motorized carriages. Okay. When the motorized carriages showed up in the 1890s, roughly, that was a major change. And within 20 or so years, it had totally flipped. There were less horses than there were carriages, which now were called automobiles, right? So autonomous vehicles and drones are going to change a lot. Another example is the is the metaverse, the Web 3.0 world. A lot of people are used to doing social media as a profession, video creation, things like that. Well, how is that going to change with the Web 3.0 decentralized protocols that are coming into play? Okay. A lot of us grew up with Facebook. A lot of us grew up with LinkedIn. A lot of us grew up with conventional texting. These things are all changing and professions related to them are also going to change. One more example, and there's plenty more, but I'll give you one more because of our time. One more example would be the blockchain. Blockchain is going to change a lot of things. There are a lot of people involved in a real estate transaction that will no longer be necessary, at least in, in the depth that they were in the past, when you put a real estate transaction onto a blockchain. Okay? So these are trends that if you are not a lifelong learner, you are really going to struggle because the economy has the chance to leave you behind, not because it doesn't have empathy, but, but the economy is an ongoing flywheel. It's constantly rotating. It's constantly moving forward. We cannot stop it. Central planning does not work, so we cannot stop it. All we can do is do our best as lifelong learners for sustained success to keep up with it and stay ahead of it to the best of our ability. So those are three things I thought I would highlight today. Wow. Great, great stuff. Again, we encourage everybody to take notes. You could also uh, have an opportunity when SJ does provide his contact information where you can reach out to him after this show or anytime thereafter. 
to address any questions. So you'll be able to uh, look at your specific situation and how you can be play a part in the life of learning. Getting back to, you know, the, I guess I'll, I'll put this back on, you know, on a personal level, SJ, what prompted you to really, really get involved in this particular area? What was that, that change? Like, you know, where you said, Hey, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't see it this way anymore. I, I, I gotta be part of something bigger to move this, this forward in, in what you're discussing here today. Thank you for the question. Um, since I have an economics background, I'm a big social science guy, <laughs> um, professional. I also like the humanities. I also like some of the arts. But if I had a pick of a broad swath, I'm a social science guy. So economics was part of my background. So I appreciate the question because it takes it from a macro economic perspective to a micro. Why me? couple answers to that. First, I got stuck inside of the corporate America meat grinder years ago. It was sort of like if you were at an airport and on one of those trams, I think it's a tram or I'm sorry, um, what's that thing we call it? It's the it's the uh, walkway that moves constantly. I forget what yeah, like that, that moving escalator thing. Yes, right. I forget what you call it, so some of your audience will correct us. <laughs> but whatever you call that thing, imagine if you were going along and you were going to your connecting flight, and all of a sudden the thing stopped or started going so slow that you couldn't get there, and you're maybe in the middle of it. That's what happened to me in corporate life, because it's like, okay, you're not paying me a whole lot more than when I first started, but then you're saying to get ahead, I have to pursue credentials. And you cannot even promise me that these credentials will guarantee me to get where I want to go. Light bulb went off. Something is not right about this picture. Because it was not lifelong learning that they were encouraging. They were encouraging an older modality that you had to have a piece of paper. It had to be based on seat time instead of upon impactful bite-sized chunks that will up or reskill me. That was the first part. Second, my first mentor over a decade ago led me down the primrose path and I was and I and it led me to several books that changed everything. Because of time, I'm only going to hit them high level, but here are a couple of things I read that I would encourage your audience to read in some format. First of all, is a book by John Taylor Gatto called Dumbing Us Down. It opened the door to me to understand that the schooling process, the credentialization, and self-directed education slash lifelong learning were never to be confused for one another again. And after I read that, it has never been a doubt in my mind that they're very, very different. Mm. Second is I read a pamphlet or a manifesto by Seth Godin. Seth Godin is super well-known in the marketing space, and he also wrote something about education versus credentialism or schooling, and it was called Stop Stealing Dreams. It was never published in a book. It was left as a manifesto pamphlet. I read that, and again, it rocked my world to the very fiber of my being. 
And those two things through my own lens of my own experience is like, wait a minute here. If I go down this path that I'm already on, I'm going to survive at best. I may get some sustained small bursts of success, but I'm not going to be in a position for sustained success, let alone significance, significance, purpose, destiny, legacy, my passions, my dreams, my destiny. None of these things are going to be possible, at least through my own eyes, unless I got off that path that I was on. So that is why I'm here today as the Education Sherpa. Wow. I love it. I love how all of these things have really touched you personally and you've, uh, you know, made this into a, you know, not only is it your passion, but a purpose to really help others uh, fulfill that. I know we got a, we have a couple minutes because I want to leave the last two minutes to show, let people know what you're up to, where to find you. Anything that in the next couple of minutes that you could share to kind of just, again, anything that you haven't shared or like to really, really put everything together in terms of takeaways for people listening and those listening later about what you shared about lifelong learning? Well, absolutely. I'll hit a couple things as fast as I can and keep me honest on the time here. Uh, first is do not hesitate whatsoever to seek out someone to guide you along this because it's going to take jumping off of one train to another train and most likely both trains are moving. So I know you're going to have some fear I know you're going to be anxious. I know you're going to be nervous, but it can be done. I did it because I had a mentor. This person might be a mentor. It might be a coach. It might be an advisor. It might be some other title. It's not the title that's important. It's having someone to guide you. It might even be a whole community that you join. Okay. Second, do not hesitate to start up something else that allows you to fund your lifelong learning. So if you don't think your current profession or your current income will allow you to pay for things to improve yourself and become a human becoming, get a side gig or hustle going and put that money towards upskilling and reskilling yourself and shifting away from credentialism and schooling into lifelong learning. So that would be the two things I recommend in a limited amount of time. Well, this is powerful stuff. And, you know, and I, you know, I know we've come towards the end of the show and I want to use these let next little less than two minutes, let people know how can they, you know, get, get to know you, where can they find you and anything you'd like to share with them that could help them? Of course. And I will provide anything I need to you, Christopher, to provide as part of notes or, however you want to call it, because obviously if I was attempting to spill all this out verbally, it would be difficult, but I will, I will say it and then we will back it up as necessary. So first, my name is very unique. SJ is my name. Last name is Hungarian Barracone. shouldn't be too hard to find me as long as you get the spelling right <laughs> on LinkedIn. Please mention on LinkedIn, if you follow or connect with me, that you heard me on this podcast, on the show. Okay. I would be glad to connect with you on LinkedIn. I have a business page out there as well. I'm a, I'm a part of different groups. I'd be glad to connect with you on LinkedIn. Second, like a lot of professionals, I have a booking platform. So I'm glad to provide that link so people can book time. Like most professionals, I'm willing to give you 
a little bit of time without charging just to get to know you and see if I can be a resource in some way to you. Third, I have a landing page that I will provide, which has a bunch of my past podcasts and blogs on it. Feel free to learn a little bit more about me that way. And I'd be glad to have your feedback on any of those past thought leadership things. And then fourth and last is I do have a way via email to reach me. I will provide those email addresses that you can send me an email. So thank you for the opportunity. And I look forward to hearing from whomever would like to reach out. Thank you so much, SJ. And thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us here today. We greatly appreciate you. It was a pleasure, and I trust that I was able to add value because my mantra, Christopher, is serve, solve, and share. Well, you've definitely done that, and you've definitely created so much value. We're going to make sure that we have all of SJ's contact information that you can reach out to him. We highly encourage you to do so. And we want to thank you listeners each and every week joining us here at Sustainable Success. We are committed to bringing subject matter experts like SJ and sharing cutting-edge information to take you and your personal success to the next level. Till then, everybody, have a great week, and we'll see you here next Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. East Coast time, 12 to 1 Pacific Standard Time. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning into Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an incredible week.